Under someone titled the uncommon acts of God. Because when you encounter the uncommon acts of God, you will harvest uncommon testimonies in your life. When the uncommon acts of God are made manifest in the life of anyone that calls him or herself a child of God, uncommon testimonies are the result, they are the fruits that you are going to be able to harvest out of that uncommon act. And I started speaking on this subject about three weeks ago. This has been the third message. You can go to our YouTube channel. If you are there already, fantastic. And you can listen to it after this one. The other one, part one, part two, and now part three. First Kings 18 is where I'm going to today. First Kings 18, chapter First Kings chapter 18, from verse 30 to 39. I started speaking from this particular scriptural verse last week. When I started the second part, we couldn't finish it, so we're going to finish it today. The Uncommon Acts of God, Part 3. And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me, and all the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar, as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order, and cut the block in pieces, and laid him on the wood, and said, Fill four barrels of water with water, and pour it on the bond sacrifice, and on the wood. And he said, do it the second time and they did it the second time and he said do it the third time and they did it the third time and the water ran round about the altar and he filled the trench also with water and it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that elijah the prophet came near and said lord god of abraham isaac and of israel let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice, and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench and when all the people saw it they fell on their faces and they said the lord he is the god the lord he is the god may the lord bless the reading of his holy written word in jesus name amen shall we bow our heads in prayer the uncommon acts of god Father, thank you once again uh, for a beautiful morning, a beautiful day like this. Thank you for the privilege of having the breath of life. Thank you for the honor of being saved, redeemed from the kingdom of darkness, and positioned, transitioned, and transported into the kingdom of light. Thank you for the salvation experience. Thank you for the relationship that we now have with you with your son Jesus and with your wonderful Holy Spirit. We are grateful for all these. Receive our thanks in Jesus' name. 
as we go into your word, we ask, Lord, that your power, your grace, your mercy, your anointing, that are inestimable in all forms and in all shapes, be made available to us tangibly here so that your people all across the world, wherever they may be, may feel the anointing and the power and the grace of God upon their lives, working mighty and great things in Jesus' name. Lord, I commit myself to you. I ask that you allow my heart to indict good matters. I ask that you make my lips like the pen of a ready writer. I ask, Lord, that you will cause me to speak as an oracle of yours, not speaking from the flesh, in the flesh, or with the flesh, but rather declaring your word in the spirit, by the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the salvation of souls. Thank you for deliverances across board. We give you praise and glory for common testimonies is ours. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. You, you can, can shout amen where you are. Oh, glory to God. God. Amen. amen. Now, now, when I started speaking on this subject, the uncommon acts of God, I took it upon myself to first and foremost say that one of the ways you can describe the works of God is by using the term uncommon. Everything that God does in a person's life, uh, we can look at it uh, from the length, from the breadth, from the height and the depth of it. There's no other way we can we'll be able to describe it rather by saying it is an uncommon act. And I went on to define for us what the word uncommon means. I said the word uncommon means on it means unorthodox. The word uncommon means not normal. The word uncommon means not in line with the natural or with natural occurrence or occurrences. It is important for you to understand that whenever God does anything or does a work in your life. It will be looked upon as an uncommon act. The word uncommon also means not in sync with the norm. It means unusual and finally it means rare. Now there are other synonyms that can be used to describe this word. But I will not permit me to go into all of that. Since this is an English class. Hallelujah. But I started last week by telling us that what we saw or what you and I have read about over time. And if you haven't, what I just read to you right now. In 1 Kings 18, it's actually an uncommon act of God. Because the Bible says that while Elijah, when Elijah has prayed, that fire came down from heaven. And when that fire came down, the scripture said he licked the water. Now that's the first time we're seeing fire in scripture licking water. He licked the water, it consumed the doors, and it also consumed the stones. Now for me, that is rare. That is unusual. I don't know about you. Whether, Whether you've ever seen fire burning and people burning, can, can you imagine, imagine where fire, I mean, fire licking up water? That is all can be described as an uncommon act. When this happened in the life of Elijah, it was a serious matter. The people came together and declared that the Lord is the God. Time will not permit me to go over all of that. But I started speaking last week on what Elijah did that I believe attracted that kind of fire. Or that kind of uncommon act that today has become one of the stories that strengthens our faith as children of God. That's why you hear people singing song, The Lord that answered by fire. Let it be my God. You see, God answering by fire. God also did it for David. He answered by fire when he prayed in the field of Onan. When he prayed and gave to God what he said, I will not give to God what will not cost me anything. God answered him by fire. 
But here in First Kings, what made it so uncommon was that, and rare and unusual, was that this fire leaked up water, consumed the dust, and consumed the stones. Well, what was it that Elijah did that helped him, or enabled him, or positioned him to attract such an uncommon act? And, and I told us, he raised, what he did was that he raised an altar to the Lord. He repaired the altar of the Lord. And I said, there's a need for us, therefore, to build altars in our lives. And we should be men and women of altars. Altars are very important. Altars are needful. If we are going to make a connection with God, one of the things I realize is that people in scriptures, especially in the Old Testament, who had connections and encounters with God, had it because they built altars. Altars represent quite a number of things. And by the grace of God today, I'm going to be sharing some of those things with you. I made a statement last week, Sunday, that I believe went viral and people started, you know, sharing it. I said the power from your altar we always alter situations in your life. The power from your altar, we always alter situations in your life. The power from your A-L-T-A-R, we always A-L-T-E-R situations in your life. Now, I want to share with you, first of all, First Chronicles 21. Come and see what that, where that happened. When you raise an altar, when God wants to change the situation, He can cause an altar to be raised. In First Chronicles 21, verse 15 to 19. It says, God sent an angel unto Jerusalem to destroy it, and he was destroying. The Lord beheld, and he repented him of the evil, and said to the angel that destroyed, It is enough. Stay now thy hand. And the angel of the Lord stood by the threshing floor of Onan the Jebusite. And David lifted up his eyes, and saw the angel of the Lord, and stand, I mean, stand uh, of the Lord, stand between the earth and heaven, having a drawn sword in his hand, stretched out over Jerusalem. Then David and the elders of Israel, who were clothed in sackcloth, fell upon their faces. And David said unto God, Is it not that is it not I that commanded the people to be numbered? Even I it is that have seen and done evil indeed. But as for this sheep, what have they done? Let thy hand, I pray thee, O Lord my God, be on me and on my father's house, but not on thy people, that they should be plagued. Then the angel of the Lord commanded God, listen to that, when he had prayed that prayer, okay, the angel of the Lord commanded God to say to David, that's a prophet, to say to David, that David should go up and set up an altar. You see that? If I'm going to stop this destruction, I need an altar. God needs an altar in your life to stop the works of the enemy. Whatever the devil is doing, this morning I prophesy. As you raise an altar, God will alter that situation in your favor. In the name of Jesus. He said here, he said, let him set up an altar to the Lord in the threshing flood of Onan, the Jebusite. And David went up at the saying of God, which he spake in the name of the Lord. So altars do alter situations. And we cannot afford as God's children to joke with altars in our lives. Altars are those places, I'm going to share some things with you about them, but I'll just say this briefly. Are those places, are those things that help us to make connections with the Almighty God. Now, by the grace of God, I'm going to share with you today facts about the altars. About altars, rather. Facts about altars. Altars. What are those things that we need to know about them? So that it will help us 
where we are raising altars in our houses, raising altars in our businesses. What about these altars? Number one, the first thing I'd like to say about an altar is this it is a place of great consecration. An altar is a place of great consecration. So when you are raising up an altar in your life, you have to be aware of this that you have to consecrate yourself. When a man or a woman, as a child of God, begins to work on their consecration, their level of sanctification before God, they begin to consecrate their hearts, consecrate their bodies, consecrate their minds, consecrate their household. They begin to walk in holiness, put it away. When you are doing that, you are raising up an altar. An altar is a place of consecration. If you have reached that place where your words are not just on holy words, are not on holy words rather, where you don't think evil thoughts, plan evil things in your heart, where you do not have unconsecrated, unholy thoughts in your mind, going through your heart day and night, then you are raising an altar. Because an altar, if you are going to raise one, is a place of consecration. In Psalm 26, if you read verse 6, Psalm 26, if you read verse 6, the psalmist said, I will wash my hands, I like that, in innocence, so will I compass thy altar, O Lord. You see that? I have to wash my hands first in innocence, so then I can come to the altar. If you claim to have an altar, but yet you live an unholy life, you live hypocritical life, life, or you are involved in things that does not give glory to God, you are into fornication, you are into adultery, you are into lying, you are into hypocrisy, you are into deception, you are into all manners of those evil things, you cannot approach the altar of God, you can't raise an altar. An altar requires you and I to be consecrated, because God's altars are holy altars. In the book of Exodus chapter 40, if you read verse 10, Exodus chapter 40, if you read verse 10, he says, and thou shalt anoint the altar. He said, of the bond offering, and all his vessels, and sanctify the altar. Listen to this. And it shall be an altar most holy. You see that? He shall be an altar most holy. So anytime we're talking about raising up an altar, we're talking about you consecrating your life. We're talking about you walking away from sin. There are some company of friends that you keep that you shouldn't be keeping. Because every time you are with them, what they motivate you to do is not holy. What they inspire you to do is not righteous. There are some people that you have interactions with that you must break away from. What does righteousness have to do with unrighteousness? Don't be unequally yoked with the world. Love not the world. Men are the things that are in the world. For all that are in the world are the loss of the eye, the loss of the flesh, and the pride of life. You cannot afford to allow yourself to be, to be uh, uh, positioned in a way we are seen and iniquity is the order of the day in your life. An altar is a place of consecration. Holiness unto the Lord is a message that will never change. The Bible says, be ye holy, even as your heavenly Father is holy. The altar is a place of consecration. Look at your life. Are you consecrated? When you and I give our life to Christ, we, there's a level of consecration that the blood of Jesus was able to achieve in our lives. But, but as we go on in our work with God, we need to maintain our consecration and increase our consecration from time to time. 
the time you spend fasting, that some Christians who can fast, tell me I can fast. Some Christians who can who can spend sufficient time in the place of prayer. Yet they can spend one hour chatting with their friend on TikTok, or sorry, on Instagram, or Facebook, or watching various videos on TikTok, and they will sit down. You see, young girls and young boys with their phones in their hand, and they spend one hour, two hours, just watching the silly things that others are doing, and yet they said they can pray. I wonder what kind of consecration you have. Is that an altar? No, absolutely. Capital N zero. N O rather. No. You need to consecrate your time. Consecrate. What do you use your time for? If you want to raise an altar, consecrate your time. Consecrate your company. I'm not saying don't talk with every other person, but I'm saying do not sit with people that cause you to do things that will always put you in a controversial position before the Most High God. The Spirit of God is called Holy Spirit. You hear that? Holy Spirit. There's, an, there's holiness attached to the Spirit of God. And it cannot work with things and work with people who, 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 who relish in sin, who swim in iniquity, who will wake up in the morning to think iniquity, who will stop up in the night to think iniquity. No! What kind of videos do you watch? What kind of movies do you watch as a Christian? A Christian who go around and watch pornography. A Christian who sits aside and watch things that are not edifying. That is not, you are not raising an altar. We need to consecrate ourselves. We need to, I know you did not start this way, but God wants you to take yourself higher. Please consecrate yourself. You are, if you have no altar of consecration in your life, you will have no common act. There is no amount of shakalabush that can make God, speaking in tongues, that can make God do for you what holiness can do for you. Holiness unto the Lord, without which no man can see God. Are you with me, somebody here? Bible says, blessed are the pure in heart. The pure in heart, for they shall see God. Is your heart pure? Are you consecrated? Exodus 30, look at the altar described again. Exodus 30, from verse 28 to verse 30. Yeah, I, I love the Old Testament. How the Old Testament describes I mean, the altar. Because, because the New Testament is the progressive revelation of the Old Testament. So the Old Testament and the New Testament are together. They are not against one another. It is the same God yesterday. Hebrews 13 verse 8. The God said Jesus Christ the same yesterday, the same today, and the same forevermore. I am the Lord thy God. I change it not. Therefore you sons of Jacob are not consumed. He is the same. He never lies. Numbers 23 verse 19. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he a son of man that he should repent. If he has this covenant, will he not do it? Has he said it, will he not bring it to pass? Isaiah 55, read from verse 5. I watch over my word to fulfill it. I'm sorry, Jeremiah 1 11. I watch over my word to fulfill it. Isaiah 55, read from verse 5. He said, This word that I've come out of my mouth will not return unto me void. But shall prosper in that which I desire and accomplish that which I have sent it. God's word, God cannot change it. It's unchangeable. He doesn't lie. The Old Testament is still the same word of God. He can't lie. Hebrews 6, verse 18. The Bible says, God, by two immutable things by which it's impossible for God to lie. He cannot lie. If he has said it, he will do it. If he has spoken it, he will bring it to pass. So what he said in the Old Testament is as, 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 as applicable as what he said in the New Testament. The New Testament only gave us a deeper understanding, progressive revelation, better insight, because the Old Testament was in types and shadows, whereas the New Testament was opened up to us by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So in Exodus chapter 30, from verse 28 to verse 30, come and look at what he said about the altar there again. He said, and the altar of burnt offering with all his vessels and the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the lava and his food, and thou shalt sanctify them. Look at that. 
that, that they may be most holy. The foot of the altar, the lava. He said, his vessels, everything that has to do with the altar, must be holy. He said, they must be holy. He said, whatsoever, whosoever touches them shall be holy. My God. My God. Whosoever. Can I say this to you? God wants you and I to be living altars. Hallelujah. Living altars. Whoever touches you, whoever touches the altar becomes holy. That's how powerful the holiness of an altar is. That's, That's why Jesus was a living water, altar, a walking altar. Anyone that touched him got healed. He said, I am the living word. Wherever I am, the word of the Lord is. Glory to God in the highest. I am a living altar. I am a walking altar. I am an active altar. Are you with somebody? Shout hallelujah there. I prophesy to you in the name of Jesus. May the Lord make you a walking altar. May he make you a living altar. May he make you an active altar. A full of holiness. Full of sanctification. Full of consecration. Empty of iniquity. Empty of sin. Void of sin. In the name of Jesus. Shout amen if you believe it. Living altar, holy. He said, "Whosoever touches them shall be holy." Look at the next one. The next verse. And thou shalt anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them, that they may minister unto the Lord, unto me in the priest's office. Because Aaron and his sons are going to be approaching the altar, and the altar is holy, so they bend themselves to be holy. So if you are going to have an altar in your life, you've got to be holy. Walk in holiness. That's how to raise an altar. Walk in holiness. This, this is one message that, that we never fade in the body of Christ. Today, other messages are coming. Prosperity message. God is a God of prosperity. And when you walk in holiness, he will bless you. Any prosperity you have, and you know that you cut corners to get it, God didn't give you. Even if you gave a testimony to prove it. If you had to lie to get it, God does not need your lie. He does not need your cutting of corners. Why, Why can't, can't you wait, wait and stay? I know it's tough, but the grace of God is more than enough. That grace is sufficient for the race. That grace is sufficient for the race. I say it again. The grace is sufficient for the race ahead of you. Don't cut corners. So you don't need God does not need your help to stabilize the heart. He does not need your help to make, uh, uh, you know what, I, I've got just to tell, just, just tell three lies, then they will give, give me the job. After that, I will begin to pay tight. That is not God. That is not God. You've got to be holy through and throughout. I'm not saying that you may have some things in your life at times, mistakes you make in your life, but that's why the blood of Jesus is there. For John 1 9, the Bible says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us. He will forgive you, but don't continue living in sin and say grace abound. Don't do that. Sin is sin, whichever way you spell it. Small S, big S, capital S. Iniquity is iniquity. We need to bring the fire back to the altar. Put people to talk about this. Let people know you can be rich. God can make you rich. God can prosper you, motivate you to succeed. But you must not, therefore, compromise your Christian life, Christian stand, the word of God, the standard of the Most High God, because you want to ride a good car, or because you want to live in a bigger house, or because you want to be rich and prove a point to people. And when Christians begin to dabble into things with the devil, Christians begin to eat with Satan. Christians begin to use the 
I agree with you that nobody is perfect, but nobody should seek with imperfection. No. Keep making effort to take your life to the next level. Don't let people deceive you. There are people have been deceived by so-called Jim Jim brothers and Jim Jim sisters. They are telling you, it doesn't matter, even God understands that if you fornicate twice, it's okay. May God help us. The altar has to be is a holy place. Leviticus 8 11. I'm not sure that we can finish this message today. We'll continue next week. I can't get to the real message, but I'll just give you this one, maybe maybe one or two more. I don't know. Leviticus 8 11. Look at this. Because I want you to see that the altar is a place of consecration, it's not a place of joke. Not joking. They ask you that you are going to be the one that we preach in the place as a pastor. And what did you do? Just eating, wasting your life away, messing around. Then from the place you are messing around, you come to preach. Nonsense. And because for one week, week or the other, you are able to mumble some words together from one book that you read. And that bamboozle God's people? The judgment day is coming. They say you are leading praise and worship. And you are coming from party. Come and leave praise and worship. Coming from watching Instagram. Come and leave praise and worship. That vengeance is coming. Rest the consecration in your life. Prepare yourself. God, to Amos, told the children of Israel, he said, prepare us here. Prepare to meet thy God. Prepare. You spend time in God's presence just preparing. God sent a whole human being just to prepare the way of Jesus Christ. If they ask you to do something in the house of God, prepare. Consecrate yourself. God will use you much more better, gloriously, if you are consecrated to him. I'm not saying you are going to be perfect, but I'm going to say that you will be walking in the fear of the Lord. That's how to consecrate yourself. Walking in the fear of God. Walking in the fear of God. Leviticus 8, verse 11. I read. And he sprinkled thereof upon the altar seven times. Remember Ezekiel? He was a purge for seven days. This Samaritan just says, sprinkled upon him seven times. And, and anointed the altar, the altar and all his vessels, bought the lava and his food to sanctify them. To sanctify them. Exodus 29 verse 37. God said again, say seven days. Exodus 29 37. Seven days shall thou shall make, thou shall make an atonement for the altar and sanctify it. Seven days. And it shall be an altar most holy. Look at that word most. Most. That's the ultimate. Most holy. Whosoever touches the altar shall be holy. Some believers have lost their commitment and dedication to holiness. Our commitment now is how to make money. How to make money. And I'm thinking and looking at people. Haven't you read Joshua 1 verse 8? Let not this book of the law depart from your mouth. But that thou shalt meditate upon it day and night. Then, the Bible says, thou shalt make an observance to do according to what is written therein. When you do according to what is written therein, then you become consecrated and holy. He said, then shall you make your way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. There is bad success. I don't care whether you have a mansion or you have 10 million in your account. It may be bad success. For a child of God is good success. Good success. Good success. There, are there are some successes that the day, that the day you die, everybody, everybody that does not know you will come and distribute your money. Your, your children will not even get out of it. Haven't, haven't you seen that before? People, people die. And after they die, even their children begin to die after them. 
because of people struggling over there, over what they have left behind in terms of material possessions. That's not good success. Good success, you will call your children to your bedside. You will say to them, you are blessed. You don't have to give them material things. Just by saying you are blessed every day of your life, God will make you the head, not the tail. So the blessing they have is not the one people can fight over. It's the one that is within them. They carry the blessing wherever they go. Shout out to where you are. Some, Some believers, believers we've, we've lost our, our commitment, commitment to consecration and holiness. No more no holiness. No, no, it's success now. now. Everything, Everything is success. Everything is. I'm not saying you shouldn't succeed. God wants you to succeed. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to make it. He wants you to be the end. But don't do it to the detriment of your holiness and consecration. That's what I'm saying. Don't do it. The wife of Potiphar says, Joseph, you will become. I will, I will make you the head. Just, just sleep with me. You see, you see God, God has ways that lead to success. The devil also have ways that lead there. You will, you will both get there. You will get to that success. That's not about it. You will get it. But the devil's success is bad success. It's a success that will leave you. The Bible says there is there is an end to some things that some of us do. But the end, there's a way that seems much right, rather. There's a way that seems much right unto a man. But the ends of it are the ways of death. Proverbs 16, 25. The ends of it are ways of death. It seems right at the beginning. All the lying is working. It's working. Go on. It's working. All the hypocrisy is working. It's okay. Keep going. Keep going. When you now need it the most, it will leave you in the midst of your year. That wealth will develop wings and fly away. But good success, he said, whatsoever the Lord whatsoever the Lord do it, exercises 3 verse 15, whatsoever the Lord do it is forever. And he do it so that men may fear him. That's why I'm not in trouble when somebody has somebody overtaken me. me. Uh, he's got a house before me. He's got a car before me. He's got a land before me. He married before me. I'm not in a race. I'm not. Don't be in a race. I'm going to go to a rat race. Are you a rat? I'm an eagle. I'm not in a race. Are you with me? I am not a rat or a mouse. Trying to 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 compete with everybody. Ah, no, you won't buy that house before me. I will buy it before you. The house that if you die today, somebody else will occupy the rooms. Even if you don't pay your mortgage, they will take it from you. They will not even give it to your child. What are you talking about? To the detriment of your holiness, your consecration. You will spit on the face of the word of God just because you want to have the riches of the world. You will spit on the face of the word of God just to have the riches of the world. Not because of what people will say. People have been speaking, they will continue to speak. But the Bible says, God is Alpha and is Omega. God speaks first and he will speak last. I like the way Renan Bonke said it many years ago. He said, he said, listen, God will speak first. Anybody can say anything in the middle, God will have the last say. Are you with me? He is first and last. Shout hallelujah! Don't do things that will make you speak. On the, on the validity, validity and the integrity, integrity of the word of God. Just because, Just because you want to have bread to eat. Everybody, 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 everybody is getting job now of 10,000 pounds a month. Me, I'm still on 2,000 pounds a month. I better do whatever I have to do. There are other things you can do. Upskill yourself. Go for training. Develop yourself. Are you hearing me? Don't have to lie on a CV. Develop yourself. You never worked in HSBC before. Something you work there. Don't lie. They're professional, professional CV, CV builders. People that, people that will build, build your CV but can't build your future. 
which one, which one do you prefer? I don't know why I'm saying it, but I just have to tell some people this. That's why some jobs, people have gotten some jobs that have destroyed their marriages. Jobs that destroyed their marriages. Jobs that never have, let them have time for their homes. Let them have time for their children. Jobs that never make them see their children only once, more than once in the month. Ah! Hey! Remember that one day they will ask you to leave that job or your children will be there forever. What are you building? What are you building? Sacrificing holiness because of material blessings. Sacrificing holiness. Consecration. Because of material blessings. And you want to see the uncommon heart of God? He repaired the altar. He repaired the altar. A place of holiness. There are some people quickly, my time is up, I can't get to the message today. We continue the message next week. But I've, but I've got to, to I've got to try. I've got, to I've got to about eight more minutes, and I've got, I've got to stop. Listen to this. Leviticus chapter ten. Some people were playing with God's altar. They were playing with the altar. Come and see them. Leviticus ten verse one to three. They thought because they were pastors and bishops and archbishops and deacons and leaders and ministers and head of department that they can do whatever they like. Come and see. Leviticus chapter ten verse one to three. And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them in censer, put fire therein, and put incense thereon, and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. You see that they were walking in disobedience. To offer that thing, you need a commandment. They did not. And when that happened, what happened to them? And they went out. Fire from the Lord, and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. Now, why did that happen with chapter 3? You see the answer in verse 3. He said, Then Moses said unto Aaron, This is it that the Lord spake, saying, I will be sanctified in them that come nigh me. And before the people, I will be glorified. So sanctification brings about glorification. And Aaron held his peace. You see that? Aaron did not argue because he knew that his sons were walking in iniquity. What am I trying to say here? God said, I'm going to come near me. You're going to be. Sanctified in them that come near me. Come near the altar of God. You have to be sanctified. First Peter 1 verse 16 says, Be ye holy. The Bible says, it is Because it is written, Be ye holy as I am. Who is I am? God is I am. He told Moses, I am that I am. He said, As I am is holy. I am holy. Be ye also holy. Remember in Isaiah 6, the vision of Isaiah, when he saw the heaven open, the vision of Isaiah, when his call came to him in Isaiah 6 verse 3, the Bible says what Isaiah had in, the, in, in heaven. Listen, holiness does not just reign on earth, it reigns in heaven. Even the angels have to be holy. The ones that were not holy were casted out with the devil, their master. In Isaiah 6 verse 3, look at what Isaiah said here. He said, and I had one cried to another. And I had one cry to another and said, Holy, 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 Trinity, trying holiness. Trying holiness. He's the Lord of hosts and the whole earth is full of his glory. Holiness brings glory. Glory upon your life. People will see favor on your life, I'm telling you. Don't, don't run in the rat race. race. Don't, don't compete with anybody. When somebody, when somebody comes, ah, me, I've gotten a job. They are paying me 15,000 pounds a month. I just, I just have to doctor my CV a little bit. You should let me help you. Say, no, no. I know I will get the 10,000 pounds a month now. But in 10 years' time, I may start weeping. Altar of holiness. 
altar of holiness. That's what God wants. The altar is a place of consecration. It's a place of holiness. In Leviticus 8, verse 15, I will close with this one. I'm so sorry we can't get to the message today. We continue next week. But don't miss it. The common act of God is a product of altars in our lives. And the first thing about an altar is a place of consecration. Leviticus 8, verse 15. And he slew it, and Moses took the blood and put it upon the horns of the altar, round about with his finger, and purified the altar, and poured the blood at the bottom of the altar, and sanctified it to make reconciliation upon it. To make reconciliation. You see, you want reconciliation? Then you need sanctification. You need sanctification. I submit to you today by the grace of God that the altar is a place of consecration, of holiness, purity, and sanctification. If you therefore want to see the uncommon act of God, please raise an altar, raise your consecration level, your holiness level, raise it. Raise it by the help of the Holy Spirit. Do away with things that cause you to be dirty in the sight of God. Time will not permit me to show you people in the scriptures that they had to change what they were wearing. In the spirit, they were dirty. The high priest called Joshua, dirty, until his garment was changed, he could not commune with God. What am I trying to say here? Holiness unto the Lord will help you to raise an altar. And when you raise an altar, the common act of God will be your portion. Lift up your hands, stand on your feet, and begin to thank God for what you have happened.